I'm super happy. Are you happy? Welcome to the BU Find Happy Podcast. Here you'll find tips and tricks to inspire you on your way to happiness, to live a courageous life of authenticity, and learn how to speak your truth with grace. I'm Michaela Johnson, and welcome to our podcast. amazing human on this earth plane. I am so grateful that you are here. Just wanted to take a second and say if you click like or hit subscribe, it helps this podcast continue. I want you to live the fullest expression of your experience in life and you can find so much more by visiting BUFindHappy.com. There you'll find Empowered, my motivational journal for women, links to all of the various books and so much more. Thank you for being you. Good morning, Darlene. Welcome to the BU Find Happy podcast. I am so excited to have you and all of my fellow co-authors from the Higher Level Method on today. Super excited to tap into some of these amazing, inspiring minds. And I would just love to start by having you kind of just share with me a little bit about your inspiration for creating the Higher Level Method. And for those of you listening to this podcast, you've heard me promote it a million times already. It is a fantastic book. I'm talking truly incredible. If you are looking to just vibe yourself up, raise your frequency and feel more aligned with women who are doing spectacular things on the planet, check it out on Amazon, the higher level method. As always, we will include this stuff in the show notes, but Darlene, can you share how you came by this awesome concept and how you found all the authors and just kind of where higher level blossomed from? Well, good morning. And thank you for having me, Michaela. I appreciate you and this opportunity for myself as well as you and my other co-authors. So the higher level method is a concept that I came up with while I was teaching actually, because my heart is always with learning, but also teaching as well and educating. And one of my students asked me, well, they said, they made a a statement and they said, I don't know what I don't know. So you ask me questions and when I don't know the answer, you know, I feel like I'm in trouble for it. I said, well, you're not in trouble for it, but part of being in in school at this level, because it's not K through 12 where it's mandatory, it's because you chose to be here. So what that means is that you have to get new information. How do you get new information? By talking to people, by reading, by researching, not only researching via Google, because many young people believe that Google is research. So in my classroom, you're only allowed one internet source, that's it. And the thing that I came to to realize is that the higher level method is really a success formula that I created. And it's uh, higher level thinking plus higher level performance equals higher level, oh shoot, it's my, it's my, my uh, formula and I messed it up. Higher level thinking <laughs> plus, plus higher level, level performance equals higher level results period. And then the way that I formulated the punctuation is period. And then the period word period has an exclamation because I really believe firmly in this, in that what we think 
has to be transformed by new information. And how do we get new information? Again, it's by talking to other people. It's by exploring. It's by researching. It's by reading. You know, I'm a fan of research, but I'm a fan of old fashioned research. I'm that person who will go to Barnes and Nobles and to the library and I will sit down and I will read book after book after book and underline and highlight and, you know, just draw attention to two points that help to elevate me. So that's what I encourage. You know, Darlene, it's funny, it's funny you say that. I recently saw a meme that said, um, I'm starting to realize that I'm purchasing more books than I'm reading. <laughs> Yeah, I'm staring at my bookshelf. It's like I've got yes. six sitting here, one in the car and one on the nightstand, but I'm reading them. I'm right. I, I do I do get to them, but I, I will I will purchase books and say, you know what, I don't have time to read it now, but I will read it. And I do eventually get to them or make reference to them, right? So that's how the concept came about. And how did I get to to get so many wonderful authors is my team and I, we just scoured the the country really looking for for seasoned professional women and we looked for a certain thing um you know when they came back they did a phenomenal job actually when they came back and we had to scour through all of the applications of course some of them were via reference uh, referrals i should say but when we started scour scouring through it was real difficult to to determine who we were going to choose because we had a wealth of uh, applicants to pick from. But we knew that we had to narrow it down. So this is what we narrowed it down to. And I can't say that I'm upset about it at all because I've learned so much from, from you ladies. I mean, even some of you who I've known, I, I, there are some things that I didn't know. And then I think you just, I think you just said, I'm a seasoned professional woman. I just, I'm gonna hold on to that for a second. No, Michaela, you are. I mean, let's be real. I mean, when we think about if we list your resume right here, what is that if it's not seasoned? And I think all of our co-authors would agree. Each and every one of the authors in this book is a seasoned professional. And, you know, what, what do we think about when, for me, I'm a foodie. So when I think about season, right, I think about seasoned food and it's not over, Ooh. it's not under, it's just right. You don't need, I like it. you don't need another pinch of salt. You don't need another pinch of pepper. You don't need anything. It's just right. It just does what it needs to do for your palate. I am like, I am like garlic, salt, and pappies. <laughs> Listen, whatever your flavor is, it rocks with us, right? And I think that I we all it. just meshed so well. Uh, and we, and, and, you know, I've had people who have talked to me about the book, folks who are real honest and would say, you know, Darlene, this book is, uh. but they said, you know what? I really drew from each chapter and I really... Mm you know, it, it shifted my paradigm about how I, how I, how I'm doing things or how I wish to do things. So that for me, it, it just makes my heart sing. I totally agree. I mean, I didn't, you know, I, I did my part and was obviously very active and involved in all of that in kind of the, the pre stuff and the during stuff, but I didn't really get to read and, and see what everyone else had done until my copy arrived. And it was like, wow. And, and you know, what was actually a super cool feeling is I thought, man, these women that their crowns are like a lot shinier than mine. Holy moly. And that felt good. Like it felt good to be among such incredibly um, garlic salted and peppered um, <laughs> women. <laughs> it was yeah, amazing. Absolutely. 
And, you know, I've always had a passion uh, and a yearning to learn from other women because, you know, we, we can learn from one another. You know, I, you, you may do something that I totally never thought of. And then it's like, you know what, I don't necessarily have to do it, but I can grow an appreciation for it. Or it may be something that I say, you know what, I never thought about that. Let me try my hand at it. And it, it just, it just does something to, to your life. It adds to your life because I don't think that any of us should go through life doing the same thing over and over and over and being wrote. I mean, that just makes for a boring existence. Absolutely. I, I mean, obviously I concur. I'm sticking my butt in a 1947 tailwheel and going and flying in the air. <laughs> so I concur. You're all a rock star. Hey, let, <laughs> you know, today I botched a landing like nobody's business. So um, yeah, I take it with a grain of salt. I'm just, I'm here to, to continually learn and I don't think I will ever stop. Um, fortunately, I've got this like great air of humility about me. So which is, I think, kind of necessary. Absolutely. Um, listen, I've got a, I've got a list of questions here, and I'd love okay. to, um, you know, kind of toss them out to the ethers and and maybe have some of the other ladies that are on the call today just um, give us their thoughts, so everybody can get a little taste of of kind of all of these fabulous personalities. Um, yes, so the first question that I have, yeah, let's do it. Uh, is you know, this is something that I've heard a lot of lately. Okay. So how can people accomplish things that feel out of reach? And I know most women that have written um, a chapter in this book have accomplished something that at one point probably felt very out of reach. Um, so, uh, so I'll just take it to the table. Whoever wants to chime in, maybe just, um, you know, share your name and, and, um, and what you do and, and what your thoughts on that are. How can we accomplish things that just seem like just slightly past the point in grab? Hello, this is Crystal. Can I answer it? It's Crystal Bailey. Heck yeah. Hi, Crystal, how are you? <laughs> I am good. How are you, my dear? Doing fabulous. Um, right. Yeah. Um, I, my... I, can you... Go ahead, my I dear. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, yeah, just share with the listeners a little bit about your part and, um, you know, how you kind of got involved in higher level and, and then your take on that. Um, I was tapped on the shoulder via Darlene. Um, we are in an organization together and she just brought it to my attention and presented it in a way that made me feel like, okay, I think I can do this. Let's try <laughs> it. And we did it. Um, and here you I, are. And I, and here I am, I currently work as a vocational rehabilitation counselor. So I assist people with disabilities to either enter the workforce for the first time or assist them in re-entering the uh, workforce after they become disabled. Wow. That is incredible. And, and such honorable work too. So, so share with me, share with me how you, uh, strive for tackle and ultimately get things that, that feel just out of reach. So I actually recently tweeted about this because a person I was following was asking the question, how do you stop um, procrastinating and doing things? And I realized that I stop procrastinating when I take my W's in private around people that feel like home. I don't really share things with outside people. I keep it in my tribe because they build me up and keep me going when things get overwhelmingly hard. 
So that's what I do. So you know what, you know, what's crazy is that I recently was talking with someone else about this. The same thing is like, they look at it like a target and there's the inner target. And then there's that slightly bigger target. And then there's that really big target. And they say, if it's something that's near and dear to them, that they want to achieve a level of success with, they keep it in that inner target. And I liked that. I liked the idea of like, okay, well, how do you fall in my life? Are you like in my inner target? Are you kind of on the out, you know, the outer target? Are you like the grocery store lady? Because obviously as I'm checking out, I'm not telling you my life dreams. Exactly. Um, Exactly. I like that. How's that worked out for you in general? I mean, do you find that people backstab you or that they take your idea and run with it or that they criticize you? What, What is your experience of that? Um, if it is shared outside of my tribe, people are a little bit more hesitant. For example, they'll say, Crystal, are you really sure you can do this? No, that's a lot of work. You need to rest. You know, you got so much things going on. So I typically don't share it with those second circle people or third circle people. Um, literally I keep it to my tribe. And when I do accomplish it, that's when I present it to everyone else. And they're like, oh my goodness, congratulations. I always knew you can do it. And I'm like, yeah, no, you didn't. Uh, it's okay. I appreciate it now. And we're just going to keep it moving. Oh, you know, what's interesting is I saw a meme, uh, was it a meme? Um, and it said something to the effect of it's okay. Most people didn't see that it took you A through E to get to F or whatever, A through C to get to D. Um, You know, people just see like, oh, look, she's got it. She's, she's nailing it. She's slaying life. It's like, well, there was A, B, C, D. In my case, I like, I'm on X with this flying thing. (laughs) X point two, X point three, X point four. (laughs) It's like, exactly. exactly. like a bit to get there. Just a skosh. That's awesome. Anybody else have any thoughts on how to, how to just kind of accomplish something that's just beyond your grasp? Latasha, I think this is made for you to answer girl. Latasha is our big old entrepreneur with her business and you have to unmute though, to tell us about it. <laughs> you know, I kept, I kept hitting the microphone <laughs> and I'm like, it's not coming off. <laughs> that was out of my grasp. That was just out of my grasp. Hi, I'm Latasha Smith. <laughs> and um, for me, I think that um, there's, there's a couple of, of different ways to, to kind of approach it. And one way is, is doing the research and trying to uh, figure out a way to, to get to it. It's kind of like when you see that, um, that obstacle and you, you want to grab it, you want to get to it. Um, okay, I got, I, got, I got an analogy. You know that fly that's on, that's on sitting on the thing and you want to smack it with, you know, you want to get to it. But, and you got to position yourself just the sort of way and hold this swatter just the special way and, and just go. And then it's just like, those two things have to work together. <laughs> but the yeah, cause I gotta tell you, I think I've killed <laughs> one fly successfully with a swatter in my day. Yes, <laughs> and that, that is just so many different ways that you, it's, it's no tried and true one specific way that you have to get to that fly it's just so it, it and it those things have to meet together um and and so the universe has to be part of it but there's certain things that you have to 
to put in place in order for those things to happen also. So there, you know, like you can't use a, a, a regular sheet of paper to try to get the fly because it's not going to work. So there's certain things that you have to put in place in order to achieve that, that thing that's out of reach. Um, and then you have to convince yourself that it's reachable, that it's not out of reach, that, that it's not something that you can't get. It's just a little harder for you than maybe for someone else. Um, and, and you just have to figure out different ways and you, and you may not get it every time that, that you try, but that doesn't mean you, you stop trying. And when you actually get it, it that satisfaction is crazy. <laughs> so. Wow. And I totally agree. I like that because I mean, if you think about it, like a fly is, kind of, it, it well, not kind of, it's a moving target too. Yes. And I think a lot of times that's where we get thrown off in life, you know, is we, we identify this thing and we're like, okay, I'm going after this. I'm going to make this happen. Well, when the tide shifts a little or the wind pushes a little or the wind pushes apart. us a little then it's yeah. And it's like, it's good. That's a good analogy to think like, Hey, this is a moving target and we need to move with it and we need to be yeah. adaptable and able to pivot. And, um, yeah, I really like that. <laughs> so awesome. Thank you, Latasha. It's beautiful. <laughs> okay. So just kind of, this is like a good segue. I mean, the reality is like, there's a certain amount of grit and resiliency. I feel like that comes from being a girl boss that comes from achieving your, your goals. Uh, how, how do you, uh, anyone open table here, use, uh, setbacks that you come across to kind of, you know, project, like propel yourself forward to like move through them. Um, and I'd love to hear, you know, your guys' thoughts. I know how I do that, but I'd love to hear what you guys think about that. Michaela, I'd like to answer yep. that. This All is right. <laughs> this is Regina. I'm one of the authors with the higher level method. Um, I, I mean, so many things happen in people's lives that I myself, um, you know, I just, I, I'm very resilient. I don't, fall, you know, when I fall down, I always get back up. I don't say stay down. I'm always striving for more and something better. And I believe, you know, that's what led me to this position where I am now. You know, I had lost, I was doing temp work and it wasn't turning into anything permanent. And I was just kind of on this roller coaster of uh, job, you know, temporary jobs and setbacks. And, you know, I didn't. Um, you know, it would hurt at first, but I never gave up. And my resiliency allowed me to propel myself into and delve into other things, things that I maybe uh, not had thought about. But I know I realized that when something runs smoothly, and there, you know, there'll always be little hiccups, but when they, it just it just goes smoothly, there's no um, drama involved. That's usually something where I, that's telling me I'm headed in the right direction. Oh, you know so, this is so interesting because I listen to this guy uh, Phil Good. I don't know if you've seen him on Instagram, but um, 
he does a lot of stuff about living in flow and living with vibration. And if something's not working, um, it's probably because something better is behind it and to know when to kind of cut bait. And, um, I really like that idea. I've been focusing a lot about this in my own life, like living in flow, living in, um, you know, synergy with the energy around me and not trying to fight it or control it. But one of the things that I've realized is that, you know, sometimes we do have these setbacks where, like you said, you know, you, you falter a little bit and, um, I I don't know how you feel about this, but, but one of the things that I like to do is I like to say, okay, go ahead, have a total bitch fit for about 15 minutes. And then in 15 minutes, you're going to knock it off. You're going to pull up your big gold panties. You're going to quit. Woe is me. And you're going to take a good positive lesson from that. (laughs) (laughs) But I allow myself like a good solid 15 minutes to just, you know, be pissy and uh, just a cry baby about it for a hot second. Um, do do you ever do that? Do you just like, kind of let yourself have a little minute and then, and then go forward? Yes. I, um, you know, it's hard to not have, not be emotional or have, um, you know, when the setback or disappointment takes place, but you know, you have to let those feelings out obviously. Uh, you don't want to hold that in. And I, it took me a long time to learn that if something is taken away, something better is coming along. Um, so that's how I look at life now. You know, it's, you know, it saves me a lot of heartache, (laughs) you know, but, um, it's, it's just best to, you know, to come to that realization that something better is coming along, no matter how how bad it hurts, you know, down the line, you'll see, you'll look back and you'll say, oh, I was so upset and look, well, look what I have now. I like that too. I like the reflection. There's so much in that. There's so much in that reflection. I'm, you know, I'm seeing you nodding, Ashley. Is there something you wanted to add to this? Yeah. Um, so I just wanted so, to little introduction. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I'm Ashley and I'm one of the co-authors and part of what I wrote in the book, but also kind of how I live my life is you know, resiliency doesn't mean immediacy. And so that's mm. where I have had to really grow. I'm going to say in the last six or seven years, um, I struggle a lot with, um, well, with anxiety, with processing feelings, and that's just how I'm built. And so I had to, you know, learn and teach myself that somebody else may get over it in 15 minutes, but I need a whole day and that's okay. If I need two days, it's also okay because I'm going to get there, but I got to do it in my time or it's not going to work. You know, I can say, yeah, I bounced back in 15 minutes. I'm also a giant liar. (laughs) Right. And then I'll sit there and ruminate for like a whole day. If I don't give myself enough day, like I'll just get my friends. I'll be like, okay, God, we've heard about it. Yes. All right. You suck. What do you want us to say? You're amazing. Which one? (laughs) Move on, move on. I think that's a really good point that resilient doesn't mean it happens immediately. It's however it happens for you and you've got to figure that out. And so it's kind of like the same journey to success. It looks different for all of us but that doesn't mean it's any less valid, right? Totally. Our successes all look different, 
but they all count as success. Absolutely. You know, somebody once told me um, that you learn more from your successes than you do from your failures. And I had always heard that it was the opposite. You, you learn more from your failures. And now that I'm flying, I, I, I'm actually starting to kind of see some alignment with that. Like I'm actually getting more from the times when I do nail a really good landing than all the ones I screwed up. I need all the screw ups, but I'm able to really appreciate the successes a little bit more. And so I think there is something to that too. I think there's something to be said about this word, um, success in general. I'd love to get your guys' thoughts on the, the big, heavy, term success, um, which, you know, polarized failure, all that. How, how does, how has your definition ladies as entrepreneurs, um, you know, and minority owned, uh, women in business, how has your definition of success changed as you've gone through your process? to say I don't believe I don't believe in failure in the respect of if you have tried something so let's say Michaela you you you're a pilot right let's say you are a successful pilot then you tried it you loved it you did it and you're successful let's say you tried it and you didn't like it or it wasn't what you expected and you said you know what I don't want to do this that's not failure um, it, you, you, you did it to realize that you didn't want to do it. Failure to me is if you said, I want to be a pilot and you never did anything about it. And then you, you, you get to be 80 years old and you say, you know what? I should have tried my hand at flying a plane. Why did I not do that? That to me is failure. Um, and so yeah. look at it like that. It makes me realize that, you know, there are certain things you, you, you know, you don't have to try to know that you shouldn't do it, but I'm, I'm talking about within reason, right? <laughs> you should go after, because I don't want anyone saying, oh, well, maybe I should. No, no, no. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying within reason, right? Things that make sense, things that are goal oriented for the betterment of yourself and, and, and hopefully others you know, go for it. What do you have to lose if nothing else, but to find out, you know what, it's not what I thought it would be. Huh. And I think that where we get stuck is recognizing sometimes like it's okay that it's not what you thought it would be and that you want to do something different. I mean, I remember the day my husband came home with a bunch of gold panning equipment, <laughs> and, you know, he was all gung ho on that. And then he's like, yeah, I don't, I don't really like this at all. <laughs> I could be doing so much other things with my time, you know, and that granted is hobby oriented, but same concept. Like if you hate it, you know, then why are you still doing it? Right. There's this I, book called the dip and it talks about, you know, my husband introduced me to this book years ago. And what the concept of it is, is knowing when to stay and when to leave. Like sometimes we stay too long in things that we should have said, you know what, this isn't working out. It's not for me. And you got to go gotta go. Right. Oh my goodness, Darlene. My mom, ever since I was a teenager, her, her, she always said to me, this is all you need to know. A lady always knows when to leave. 
<laughs> that is how I have moved Absolutely. through life. I can tell you, I have left many a parties just before the shit hit the fan, <laughs> just knowing when to leave. <laughs> yep. I could just pan the room and say, oh, oh this is my out. <laughs> I, you know what? Forgot to wash my hair. <laughs> and, 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 and sometimes I'm not even saying that because no is a full sentence. Oh, Oh, that's coming to an Instagram near you. (laughs) Mic drop. That is freaking awesome. And it's so liberating. It's so liberating (laughs) once you once you exercise the power of no. And sometimes it's with a smile. Sometimes it's not, but (laughs) it's still the same result. No. Right. Wow, I love that. Oh my god, I love that. Anyone else thoughts on? Yeah. I'm just tagging Kyra because you've got a lot to say about success and stuff. Um, Yeah, no, I think um, success is, um, in my mind, being able to to just really push past those fears, right? And being able to take the plunge on things that um, I call it secret dreams. Like we all have these, these ideas. Uh, of what we'd like to become, what we would like to do. And a lot of us just don't do it, right? We're so scared. But to anyone who has actually pursued it, even if they're not there yet, I really feel like they live on this continuum of success because, you know, there's so many dreams that go unfulfilled because they just, people are just too scared to do it. So, um, you know, I, I think, Again, if you if you're going after it, if you're shooting those shots, then then you should feel like you're you're living in in that success range. Ah, oh, that is so good. It's and and the reality is like uh, it, there's got to be some measurement for um, attempts, right? Like that's got to count for something. It does. It does. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, if if it, it can't only be about um, money or fame, right? Like right. there's, there's so much that we have to, um, you know, apl- give ourselves applause. Right. And if it right. only falls on these vanity metrics, then, you know, that's where people have, um, mental health issues. Right. And so for me, it's, it, we need to go back to some soulful, um, ideas of like, Hey, you went for it. That's success. Absolutely. And whatever that looks like, um, you know, even, even if it's not the best, right. Even if it's not, maybe you wrote a book and it doesn't get fully recognized or whatever the case may be, but what you did that and you go, you go to sleep at night. This is my thing. I feel successful when I do the things I say I'm going to do. I, I had a workshop yesterday and I was, you know, as we all do, I was kind of like, oh, I really don't feel like doing this workshop, but I'm like, no, I said I was going to do this workshop. It doesn't matter who shows up to this workshop. As long as I do it and I serve the people that are there, I'm going to sleep good at night and I'm going to feel successful. What happened? I had a few women show up. I gave them everything I had. And guess what? Guess who was feeling good? I was. Right. I was wow. I was feeling, and it, and it, it didn't require an Instagram post. It didn't require other people to just, you know, get excited. I did what I was, you know, what I set out to do. So that, that to me is important. 
You know, Kyra, I really like what you said about vanity. It, it, it is it, you know, kind of pertains to things. It's like, okay, how much is our ego wrapped up in this? Um, to the point where sometimes we can't let something go or we stay too long because our ego is wrapped up in it. I mean, I know for me, that's a big thing. I had you, you all, you ladies all know, I did put on that big fly in an air show up here and, um, you know, it was epic. Like uh, not, not, not being fatty on the backy here, but it was epic. And then at the very end of the day, uh, I, I had a long Island. It's very end of the day. <laughs> I had a long <laughs> Island. <laughs> and then I went to do all the thank yous and realized there had been no national anthem. And I've sung the national anthem. You guys, I've sung it for the Oakland A's. I've, I've sung it for Laguna Seca race. I've sung it for San Francisco giants. I've sung the national anthem. I don't know, probably 50 upwards of 50 times at major, major events. So I'm like, Oh, I'll sing the national anthem. I totally fucked it up. <laughs> and my ego, oh man, was it hurt. It's like, okay, girl, you know, you did good today and you took it one step too far. Yeah, that <laughs> is not the song up. you want to mess up. No, it didn't. That was really embarrassing. I, I was like, it doesn't matter that, that, you know, we just had this great day. This is, this is what I'm walking away with. Um, hopefully everybody else had had a couple beverages and didn't notice, but they did. They did, but I like it. The vanity part is huge of success. And like, how much is that going in to our thoughts and what we're doing and how we're showing up? I like that. I like it a lot. Um, okay. So, so this is an important one that I kind of want to tap into. Um, you know, a lot of the people that are on this podcast today, a lot of the people that contributed to this book, um, were all women and, um, many are, are minorities. And, um, I would love to get your thoughts on what it was like, um, to get where you are with that being part of your narrative, with that being part of kind of what you had to overcome. Well, I would like to answer that first. This is Darlene. Um, one of the things that I, you know, I, I love words and I love looking up meanings and, and, and where they derive from. So one of the things that I, I realized early on is that the word minority, right? So when mm -hmm. you take that word, um, because words are powerful and words they, they create a certain energy. So one of the things that I looked at, and, you know, I know that minority came from, you know, the whole financial aspect and who has financial power and who has less power or no financial power, right? So then when I look at the word minority and I say, hmm, what does that do to your psyche when you hear that word? Um, it, it, it starts you off in a deficit. God, I love that you said that because, you know, what's funny is this is one of the questions that we had kind of tossed around as we were, you know, just kind of thinking of what we offer um, as far as the higher level method goes. And as I'm reading this question, I'm, I'm feeling triggered and I'm wondering, is it me feeling triggered or is it, uh, you know, uh, it, or, or what? And so I'm so glad that you brought that up, Darlene, because I was actually even feeling that as I was saying it. So I'm really glad that, yeah, so that we're I, able to talk about that. I, I don't, you know, and you know, you teach people how to refer to you and how to treat you. Right. So I don't refer to myself as a minority, uh, because I'm not minor to anyone. Do I feel, oh. like, do I feel like I'm better than anyone? Absolutely not. But do I feel that I'm, uh, so if I don't feel that I'm better than anyone, I definitely don't feel that I'm less than anyone. And I feel like that word minority, uh, 
it automatically starts you with a deficit and makes you feel um, inferior. And, and, and it can retard mm. your progress. So I refrain from using that word. I refrain from using it toward people. I refrain from using it toward myself. And um, so when I was looking and my team, we were looking for women. We were looking for women. And we were looking for women who could add substance to this, this body of work. We were looking for women who have knowledge about the higher level. And it doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter where you are on the success uh, rung. It matters that you understand that no matter where you are, there's a higher level. There's mm -hmm. a higher level. And it has more to do with um, who you are, how you treat yourself, how you treat others than it does money, right? Because we all, so we all can pinpoint folks who have money, but their attitudes are horrible. And then we have people that we can pinpoint who don't have money and we just love them and we could eat them up all day, right? And then we mm -hmm. have all, you know, you can, you can weigh that all over the place. But um, yeah, when I thought about this and I thought about women, I thought about women who, from a selfish standpoint, women who I could learn from. Right, because right. I, as, as an educator, I'm always teaching, right? So I like to learn. How can you teach unless you learn? So I like to be around folks that I can learn from so that now when I take it back to the areas that I'm supposed to be teaching, I take a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and I tweak it and make it my own. And what I What is it? I, if you're the smartest person in the room, you need to leave and find a new room? Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And then, you know, I thought about that because then it's like, okay, then if you're the not so smartest person in the room, why do the other people want to be in the room? Because you still have something that you bring to the table, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to be the smartest, but you still have to bring something to the table. Or in some instances, you have to bring the table. You may not be the smartest, but you bring the table and say, hey, what can we do with this smart people? I used to travel years ago with an awesome, awesome mentor, really, really neat guy. Um, older gentleman, you know, grown kids the whole night. And I was young. I was, you know, early twenties, very early twenties at the time. And he said, he said something to the effect of you're going to have to work twice as hard and you're not going to get to engage in half of the bullshit that everybody else does just because you're a woman. And I, I remember, you know, being kind of this young leaning toward woman empowerment, you know, feministic mindset, like that's bullshit. Why would you even say that to me? You know, but what I realized he meant was it, he didn't mean it derogatory. He didn't mean it in a derogatory way. He just was saying, you know, this is how you're coming into the world. And I want to honor and support the fact that I know that this is going to be harder for you than it is for me. And I, and I didn't feel that when he said it at the time, but as we continued on traveling and this and that, and, and I, you know, and he, he really became kind of like a dad in the way that he would guide and direct and protect and all of that. And then I started to realize, no, this is someone who knew that I would need, um, I would benefit from a little more support. And I liked that. Not that I needed, I was capable and he knew that, but that he, he wanted to show up in that way. He wanted to see me succeed. But, um, that was really the first time I'd ever realized in my life that I was a woman in business up until then I was just a person, you know? 
Right, absolutely. I think that, um, this is Latasha. I think that my, my old boss, he kind of put things in a perspective when I first started working, you know, young, um, first out of the gate. And um, I was in college, I was um, in college and decided that um, I was gonna go to college simultaneously um, while, you know, working so I can have both of them when I finish. And he had me up for a promotion and, um, and people were questioning him. And, and he said, um, he said to me, he said, you know what? And, and he was, he was white. He said, you're not going to need, he said, I need you to finish that degree. He said, you're not going to need your degree to do the job, but for a long time, until you get to a certain area and maybe forever, you will need a degree to get the job because you're not going to just get the job. Wow. He said, and, and he said, he said, no matter how good you are, they're going to question your abilities and you are going to need to have that degree as something else under your belt constantly in order for you to get the same job that other people would get. And right. I, I took that and, you know, I just, I ran with it. So there, there's a time when, when, you know, it's, you, you see things and then there's a time when you might have your blinders on, but I think as um, being a black woman out here, you always, you have to keep your blinders off as much as possible because there's certain things that would be so fundamental and easy to other people that is just not for you. A woman on the one hand and then a black woman on, on, on another hand um, can make things, I won't necessarily say difficult, but a struggle. There, there's certain times when it shouldn't be a struggle or it shouldn't be um, as hard as it is, but, but it, it becomes harder um, just because of that. When they see you, they either see you as, um, you know, we always have to be two steps further to be one step behind. And, and we just always are all in that fight. And that's what just makes it a little um, harder for us. But, and that's where going back to your previous question with success, where once you accomplish some of those things, it's like you, you, you're successful. You are successful and what you had to do to overcome all of the obstacles that are thrown in your way constantly um, by just societal, um, dumb societal beliefs. <laughs> you know, just dumb. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah. um, <clears throat> okay, so one last question, I kinda just wanna toss it out here is, um, it, you know, in looking back on life, it, what what piece of advice, what's one one sentence that you would tell your younger self? Mm. One sentence. You know, Michaela, and we'll be editing uh, out this pause. Yeah, <laughs> we're thinking. We're thinking. Yeah, the narrow way down is totally that one. acceptable. Except everybody's in their car turning up the radio. <laughs> <laughs> Michaela. Yeah, this is this is Regina. I I always have I always go back to Maya Angelou's quote, which is when people show you who they are, believe them the first time. You know, as a younger person, I would make excuses for people. I would, you know, try to I would overlook things, and it would it would get me into trouble down the road. So that would be something I would tell my younger self. 
you know, and it carries over to all aspects of life. Mm. Not just relationships, you know, could be work, it could be uh, sports, anything. Yep. Mm. Yep. Okay. I love that. Crystal's here. Oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead, Darlene. No, go ahead, Crystal. Go ahead. Okay. So I would tell them my mantra that I've been living with for, I guess, the last 10 years since I moved to New York, 11 years is I'm originally from Chicago. So we're going to put that out there. And I love the food out there, by the way. God, Chicago's got the best food. I literally ate my way through that city. We're not going to talk about my stomach. I just came back from Chicago. My stomach is like, Crystal, what did we do? It's ridiculous. (laughs) Like, I was like, oh, hot dogs. Oh, burrata. Oh, I just like could not stop. It was ridiculous. Exactly. I gained about a good 10 pounds. I promise. I feel it. But it's okay though. It's all right. But my mantra is, um, it's windy at the top. Thank God Uh you're from Chicago. And how I interpretate that is everything that I need, everything that I'm trying to be is already inside of me. I just have to align with resources, people, the higher level method to get to where I got to go. So that's what I will would have told my 18 year old self, my 14 year old self, my 10 year old self. Mm. Everything I need is within. Yeah, yeah, give it to us one more time. It's windy at the top. Thank God I'm from Chicago because Chicago is the windy city. And there you go. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Like it doesn't matter that it is because I am too. Oh, I like that. I just really like the feeling of that. Anybody else, younger self, younger self words? I would tell my younger self that um, everything that I have and that I need to to move on, it's already embedded in me uh, because God doesn't make any junk. I'm good enough. I'm worthy. Mm -hmm. Just be. be. I probably tell myself to chill the F out. (laughs) (laughs) it's all gonna be okay you know I mean I think one of the things for me is just like in looking back if you had just told me where I was gonna be out of left you out of town and then you realize like all these things they just they're just adding blocks onto the foundation of your tower of life you know yeah I think mine kind of goes with yours I would tell myself there's going to be times when you absolutely cannot get it together and it's okay when you're completely overwhelmed, extend yourself some grace. It's what mm. you do for your friend. So do it for yourself. Absolutely. Send grace. Yes. Send grace just in case. Natasha and Kyra. I love a good rhyme. And yeah. So, <laughs> well, Darlene, you, you kind of said what I was going to say. So I'm going to say something a little different, but okay. yes, I, 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 um, I think I dealt with a lot of overthinking and, you know, so I would echo Darlene's, but um, I, I think I'm losing my train of thought. What did I want to share with you guys? Um, oh my gosh, you guys might have to come back. I think I lost it. Come back, come back. Okay. It, it'll come back to you. I was, I would start by saying, push away from the soda can, but that's, that's a different, uh, <laughs> <laughs> leave the sugar alone. <laughs> Will hurt you in your older age. <laughs> I think 
happy first. Yeah. Sugar is not your friend. It is not your friend. <laughs> no. You know, you know something along those lines though, that I've been thinking about a lot lately. <clears throat> I, you know, you take our, these days we take pictures all the time, right? And people like she is like, oh God, I look so blah, fill in the blank, right? And now I, I, I'm working on photo albums and stuff. I look back on photos from even last year, photos from five years ago, 10 years ago, like, fuck, I was gorgeous. Look at it. I was so trim. I was so pretty. Now I got all these wrinkles. Like, you know what I mean? In that moment, I hated those photos. And now you look back on them and you're like, dang, look at me. I was just a little cutesy piesies. Why didn't I love that photo back then? You were talking about memes and there's one that says, I wish I was as fat as the first time I thought I was fat. Yes. Right. <laughs> that is so first diet. Yes. Yes. Like, oh, okay, take me back to age 17 and I'll just be that <laughs> size and great. All of the day. Totally true. Oh gosh, that, that was written especially for me. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> You know, they have this new thing now is the this for, for me, the that for me, right? It's the bellies for me. It's like, you're only supposed to have one and I have so many. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I can't even give them away. I mean, <laughs> more, each, each belly. <laughs> What's great is when you get into a group like this, and I'm just going to say, this is one of the things I've enjoyed the most about our project here is you meet people who are so different from you and you just love every bit of them, even the parts they don't like about themselves. And so I think right. the more of that you have in your life, the less critical you are of yourself because you're like, but I like so-and-so and they're taller or shorter or, you know, I don't know, brown hair, blonde yes. hair, whatever. Yes. And yes. so I shouldn't be so hard on myself. Yeah, I, I do like the fact that, um, you know, I feel like I know all of you. I feel like we have, you know, we haven't talked in a while and we just get together for meetings and work and do whatever. But like we went to school together, whether it be K through 12, college, grad school, whatever it is. But I just feel like I know all of you. And Absolutely. Yeah. It's like no time passes when we're back on our calls. Yeah. Do you all do, do any of you feel like that or? Yes, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, I do feel like it, it definitely created a sisterhood. And I, you know, I, I, I'm happy about that. I'm definitely mm -hmm. happy about that. So, and it's crazy because Kyra and I didn't know each other, but we have a friend in common who is actually my soror and my line sister, who's a good friend of hers that she went to college with. So you just never know. They say it's six degrees of separation. I think it's something like two. Right, right, mm -hmm. right very small i remember what i what i my uh what i would say to myself if i can say it now <laughs> you have permission thank you thank you michaela no so i think what i would say is everything good and bad is working to serve your greatest good oh yes. yeah that's okay. so good i love that that is so good and so true <clears throat> wow well, you know, this has been such a fabulous episode. 
And it's been so awesome to spend so much time with you guys. Listeners, if you are just like insanely curious about all these wonderful women that you've heard from today, make sure that you visit the show notes and find the higher level method, which is available on Amazon and lots of other websites. And we have so much more stuff that we are so excited to share with you guys. So make sure that you're following all of us on our social media accounts, keeping up with what is happening because lots of good things to come. This has been a BU Find Happy podcast. For more inspiration, check out the links.